you know what's great about the legend of zelda almost everything but there are a couple of installments in the series that i'm not that big a fan of um the first one that comes to mind is actually the minish cap i was very disappointed in the minish cap one of the reasons that i was disappointed in it was because previously on booze and buffy I would also, sometimes if I didn't eat the head first, sometimes I would eat the arms and legs first. <laughs> All right, you might be a sociopath. <laughs> and I just love this idea that you sort of like reach in the paper and then it's like, oh, I know what I'm going to do. Pretend I had a vision. <laughs> Her, She was sent to Sunnydale because um, a dark power is about to rise. Uh, Buffy correctly guesses this and also decides to imitate Kendra's accent again. Stop doing that, Buffy. Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer one by one. We will have spoilers for the episode that we're discussing today, but no spoilers for future episodes. I'm Harrison, and like the winter, I am cold and bitter. And I'm Jason, and that was our third attempt at that intro. Yes, it was. (laughs) Harrison. What episode are we watching today? Oh, Jason. Um, we are watching season two, episode 22. Uh, so that's 222. Becoming part two. So that's actually 2222. Uh, despite my jovial nature, I'm actually very devastated right now. Yeah, uh, it, it's, it's crazy how often you can see this episode. And it still wrecks you every time. So this is the one where it's the season two finale. Um... Angel, uh, his attempts to awaken Akafla are successful uh, to tragic ends. Uh, And that's what we're here to discuss today. Becoming Part 2 was written and directed by Joss Whedon and originally aired on May 19th, 1998. Play the intro music. Booze and Buffy! Well, Jason... What are we drinking this week? We are drinking, uh, we have to go for the hard stuff on this one because, (laughs) goddamn. Um, we are drinking martinis, again, made by you with a delicious gin provided by John. Yes, uh, so as we mentioned last week, uh, John was going to buy us some nicer gin, uh, for another episode and he came home today with some Tanqueray, uh, which, um, apparently was on sale, so... That's nice. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, uh, would you like to lead us into our toast? Yeah, I'm. I don't have this prepared or anything. <laughs> um, here is to the people that we love in our lives. May we always cherish them because sometimes life throws us curveballs, and we need to make sure that we get every single moment of love and happiness out of the people that we love and the people that love us. Aww. That was very nice for off the cuff. Thanks. Mm. And that is a very good martini. Yeah, fuck that trash we drank last week. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, this is so smooth. It's very smooth. Yeah. I'm like, ooh, yeah, this is a ooh. Um, I can only have one of these, but I really <laughs> want more. <laughs> So, um, becoming part two, uh, Jason, do you want to start us off? Uh, well, it's this episode. I mean, I feel like I've been gushing about this whole arc, mm-hmm. um, 
anytime we've had an episode that relates directly to Angelus, I'm like, oh gosh, it's all leading up to this. And late last week, I obviously just kept go. I obviously had that long rant about how good, yeah, how much I enjoyed this. And at the at the risk of repeating myself. <laughs> Words just can't describe how good this is. Yeah. Like, it's it's so good. And the last episode, Becoming Part 1, was all set up for yeah. this. And uh, so, Becoming Part 1 ended with the, uh, with the police finding Buffy and mm-hmm. holding her at gunpoint um, as she was kneeling over the body of Kendra, who was just killed by Drusilla. Yeah. And we start immediately. We pick up right there. Um, I don't think I mentioned this I, last week because it just it was intense. So I, I want to say it right now before we get into the intense stuff. I just really love that coat that Buffy wears. Oh, the blue uh, one? That blue one. It's so pretty. It looks it looks great on her. Um, yeah. So, uh, this is something positive to say. <laughs> um, so... Um, they try to arrest Buffy. Um, also, uh, I do want to make this point. Oh, yeah. Even though, like, a comment is made later about how stupid the police of Sunnydale are, whenever the police actually are involved in something, like, legit involved, kind of like to go back to Ted, um, it's it always adds this layer of realness to mm-hmm. the situation. Yeah. Um, and I think this even more than Ted, because I mean, Buffy gets there and she has a dead friend at her knees. Mm-hmm. She has Xander who she doesn't know if he's dead or not. Um, he's just kind of like lying there. And then she has no explanation to give the police. She yeah. doesn't have her mom there to bail her out. The only person there to talk anything about her is Snyder. Fucking Snyder, who is, as Buffy accurately describes him, a stupid little troll. No, like, I... (laughs) And, God, this is something she's been wanting to say to him Mm -hmm. forever. And, like, her emotions are not in check. So she just doesn't care anymore. She's like, fuck you. You're an asshole. You have no idea what's going on. And you've also just been a huge dick to me. Yeah. And, you know, the the sentiment goes both ways. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Snyder just tells the cops immediately. She's like, he's like, if there's trouble, she's behind it. Um, and it's like, dude, fuck you. Um, but uh, at the same time, it kind of reminds me of like when uh, in Harry Potter, when Professor McGonagall like has that. She like Harry, Rod, and Hermione are right there, and she's like, "Why, why is, is it, it when always so, you? Why three? is it always you three? And then Ron just responds, "I've been asking myself the same question <laughs> for six years." <laughs> um, except I like Professor McGonagall. Oh yeah, um, Dame Maggie Smith. Uh, Buffy manages to escape, um, but, which isn't that hard. Yeah. <laughs> But this is, you know, to what you were saying, to your point, this is, yep, yes, Buffy escapes, but then she is fugitive for the rest of the Yeah, she assaults a police officer, Mm -hmm. which is a felony, and, uh, yeah, like, you mentioned this earlier, like, when the second cop came in, Mm -hmm. drew her gun, and then, like, ended up firing. Yeah, 
I, you know, I don't want to dive too deeply into a uh, dicey political subject while we have a lot to talk about. But, you know, Buffy is an unarmed teenager running away. And, you know, I'm not, I don't know what the laws are, but it feels like... I feel like I, there is, there has to be a procedure, yeah. whether it's fall or not, that's p- politics or whatever. Yeah. But I feel like there is a procedure and, like, if... If, like, a, a person, like, just flat out, like, levels of one cop, then, like, force can be escalated. Yeah. I'm, I'm not, not sure. Yeah, I'm not sure either. I'm not shocked that this cop fired at her. Um, I just, you know, the police. Yeah, it, it's, it's a well, dicey it's, subject. Yeah, and it's... <laughs> And also, it's not something you see happening to Buffy. I mean, like, yeah. Buffy doesn't get shot at that much. Also, it's a cop shooting at Buffy. Yeah. So, like I said, it just adds that layer of realness yeah. to it. Um, Buffy obviously gets away, but she um, goes to the hospital in a disguise. It's not a particularly good disguise, but... You know, she I mean, it, it was, covers it covers a good deal of her hair. That's true. And like she's wearing, she's not wearing the coat anymore. So I mean, it, I feel like it's the best that she can do on yeah. the fly. Yeah, it, you're right. It was a quick, uh, a quick change. Mm-hmm. Um, she finds Xander very grateful um, that he's alive. Um, yeah. She um, there's a there's a moment that I really love when. Um, some police are walking towards them, towards them, and Xander like pulls her in for like a hug and like hides her face. And when they're gone, Buffy says, "So that was equal parts protecting me and copping a feel, right?" And Xander like, this is in normally Xander would make some sort of inappropriate joke, and he like nothing out of Xander. And yeah, it's the it, stakes are so high in this episode. Yeah. And when even Xander isn't going for the obvious and appropriate comment, you know it's bad. Yeah, like uh, so he takes her into Willow's room, and she is comatose. Um, she is uh, she, according to Xander, she has a like very serious head injury. Um, her parents are out of town. They've he's called them, and they're flying back. Um, and he's gonna call Oz because he just it, that totally slipped his mind. And you know, normally I'd be like, "God damn it, Xander!" But honestly, no, I'm, it's, it's I'm going. Like, okay. Yeah, I'm not gonna <laughs> forgive him for a lot in this episode. I do forgive him for this, though. yeah, because uh, yeah, like it. I feel like we at this point we've gotten wrapped up in like, oh, Xander's with Cordelia, uh, Willow's with Oz, but also we have to remember that even before Buffy showed up. It was Xander and yeah, Willow. It was, yeah, Xander and Willow. They were like best and friends. And Jesse, but... <laughs> fucking cares. <laughs> um, this is when Cordelia arrives. Um, she admits that she ran, and she kept on running until she realized that no one was chasing her. And she... I, I just, it's a really nice moment. She says, not very brave. And Buffy says, no, you did the right thing. Yeah. And this is where we, we learn that it appears that Xander thought that Cordelia and Giles were together. And so nobody was conscious or alive, <laughs> like in Kendra's case, yeah. when they when Drusilla's goons like grabbed Giles and right. took him out. Um, so that makes sense. Um, 
he's not there. Cordelia's not there. They, I, it makes sense to me that in all the commotion, the thought process is Giles got Cordelia and got out of there. Also, like, um, I'm pretty sure that a lot of them thought that, like, the vampires attacked because they were performing the ritual. Right. But that's not why they did mm-hmm. it, which is why they were able to, which is why they're able to get away with it later in the episode. Mm-hmm. Because I don't think the vampires, uh, I don't think at this point in Jealousy even cares. Mm-hmm. Um, like, uh, they were just going after Giles. Yeah. Um, so we get this scene where, you know, after they realize that Giles is gone, we cut to the mansion. Giles is tied up. He's unconscious. And Jealous wakes him up. Um, and, um, Giles is going to torture Giles. Uh, and (sighs) this episode, this torture of Giles is so upsetting that they don't show us hardly anything. I don't even think they probably could show us much. Correct. Um, we actually don't even see like the full extent of it or even a little extent of it mm-hmm. until the end of the episode when like Giles has like his fingers in like casts or whatever. Yeah. And you're like, oh shit, well they must have broken his fingers. Right. And it, it just stands in, to me, I, when I think of that, I, it stands in contrast to um, Saeed and Lost where oh, they yeah. like obviously standards and practices they're different in these different periods of time um but just like how effective this torture is of giles like and we don't see a damn thing which kind of just leads you to believe the worst so i mean i think that's like a good decision on the writing Mm -hmm. yeah it and it just makes me like so proud of giles like like how much he withstands no like and angelus is saying that constantly yeah to Giles. God, to Giles. Um, so, one of, oh, I do want to oh, say, yeah. one of the things that Angela says that um, really stuck with me, that gave me chills, was when he says, like, so I'm kind of hoping that you'll be able to tell us how to go through this ritual, but I'm also kind of hoping that you don't, mm-hmm. because I really want to torture you. And, David Boreanaz, I feel like before, I feel like with the exception of passion, we never really kind of like, as great as Angelus is as a character, I I feel like the full scope of his just wretchedness Mm -hmm. is not felt until like passion and becoming parts one and part two. And it's just like, like this is its apex right now. This is like the peak evil Angelus. I agree. Um, if if I had one complaint about this arc, um, it's that we don't the, the the times we see how bad he can be are so effective, but they are so few. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes those stretches between those instances. Yeah, like, he just kind of shows up in those other episodes, yeah. and you're just like, well, he's, he's yeah, he's just kind of there. Yeah. Like, and the full weight of it I like, dissipates a little bit. would have loved to have seen maybe this, like, Coppola thing 
maybe been like a subplot in Go Fish of Drusilla and Angelus kind of hatching this plan so that even though he's not really a part of the main plot of that episode we know that he is doing something like you know he's not just Mm -hmm. just you know he's not just off screen yeah Um, and that's television I mean it's the nature of it and when you have a 22 episode order which you don't see much yeah and I feel like I mean you have to think of like a like think of Star Trek Deep Space Nine how that show got a lot of flack Mm -hmm. for being so arc heavy um even though it's the best Star Trek show it's whatever it's fine um it got a lot of flack at the time because people didn't have like the ability to binge watch shows so I'm pretty sure that um, producers of the WB or executives of the WB were probably like, oh, we need to be careful with how we spread this story out. Like, because if like, if you miss one episode, then you don't know what's going on. Yeah. Um, which is why like those Monster of the Week episodes are there. Yeah. And, and how we watch television and consume media is so different mm-hmm. now than it was 22 years ago. Yeah. Um, so, um, anyway, the police go to visit Joyce, um, and I'm gonna check, because I think this is the same, uh, cop, or the detective that was in, um... Ted? In Ted. Uh, yes, it is. Uh, and... Like, it's the same character, or just the same actor? It's the same character. Okay. Um, he actually appears in three episodes. Um, he appeared in Ted, he appeared in this episode, and he is going to appear in the season three episode, Becoming. Or, this is Becoming. The season three episode, Consequences. Okay. Um, so, um, you know, I don't think I ever real. I, those are three episodes where I knew there was a cop in the episode. I don't think I ever really connected that they were but yeah like this officer he such a smug little no he it's like he has like the same kind of grudge that snyder has Mm -hmm. like because he's like because he thinks that joyce is lying to protect buffy which is fair because (laughs) she did it before but at the same time he feels at the same time he has this smirk on his Mm -hmm. face like in his head, he's thinking, you can't get your daughter out of this one. And yeah. no law officer should act like that. And he's so cold in how this information is being delivered to Joyce. So first of all, he's telling her that they're, they're, she's a fugitive. She's wanted for murder. Um, Joyce is like, no, that's bullshit. Um, and he basically is like, well, she has a really violent history. And she, the, the part that really gets me is when, um, you know, she's just had this bomb dropped on her. That her daughter is currently being, is on the run from the police for mur- for potentially committing a murder. And when she says she was at her friend Willow's house, and the cop says, like, Willow Rosenberg, and then says to the other cop, second victim. Like, Joyce's face is like, what the fuck? Because not only has she gotten this bomb about Buffy, now she's learning that Willow, someone she knows and from all accounts seems to care about, yeah, is 
quote unquote the second victim. Yeah. What the fuck? Like no, uh, and the absolute worst way that that can be construed, which would probably be the way that Joyce would construe it, is that is that Buffy, Buffy killed murdered, Willow. Yeah. And like what the fuck? And that's clearly what what is going through Joyce's head. Like when this, I mean. And, God damn it. Once again, Christine Sutherland yeah. just doesn't say a word, but all of this emotion that she she gives, um, you know, I, I have some trouble with Joyce in this episode, and uh, we'll get there. Yeah. But just, I also can see where she's coming from. All of this, all of this information and trauma and stuff is just being dumped on her. Um, so... So that's that. Yeah. Um, Buffy goes to Giles's apartment looking for him, where she encounters Whistler, who we met in the last episode. We met in the last episode. Um, so a bit of trivia about Whistler, um, and sources kind of. There's a lot of different stories, but allegedly, uh, um, what's the actor's name? is for some reason not listed in the guest cast on the wiki uh max perlick okay um was going to be a regular on angel i was actually going to bring this up as well but i didn't know how much we wanted to go into angel i I, i'm not going to go too far into it um because he was meant to be uh doyle's role correct yeah um and then there's a lot of different there's a lot of people some people say scheduling conflicts some people say that the actor there was a he had a drug problem so i don't know where the truth lies in that um i'm gonna i'm gonna hope for the former um but he was unable to do the show so they created a different character in in what would have been his role um but yeah it definitely does seem like he was being built up in this episode to be a much more important character because, like, I don't think we ever see him again after no. this episode. I think he might appear in the comics, but I. He, oh yeah, he definitely appears yeah. in the comics, but that's it's way down the line. Mm. <laughs> um. So Whistler tells her um, that Angel, it appears, whatever forces that Whistler works for specifically brought him to Sunnydale to stop Akathla. Um, but... That plan didn't work out. Clearly did not work out. Um, and she... She's like, well, I'll kill him, basically. Um, and he tells her that the sword's not enough and she has to know how to use it. Mm-hmm. Um, so, very cryptic. Um... Obviously, Jon Snow wasn't there to give <laughs> give his sage advice. You stick him with the pointy end. <laughs> um, but as she, it's okay. Buffy has trained with swords before. Um, and this, I, we'll get there. But this yeah. sword fight at the end is fucking awesome. Oh my awesome. god, it's it's iconic it's of the show. So good, even though a lot of those uh, uh, wide shots, the stunt doubles are very obvious. Like. <laughs> The most obvious I think they ever are in the show, but it still looks fucking great. Yeah. Um, As she leaves Giles' apartment, um, she's apprehended by a police officer. Uh, And who should rescue her? I believe that is William the Bloody, Mm. a.k.a. Spice. 
Spike rescues her, and um, we are surprised by this. At least I was. Not this time. But <laughs> the first time. The first time I was like, what? But then I was like, that makes sense. We've been seeing this resentment in Spike building up. So, um, while I don't necessarily know that my first thought was he's going to team up with Buffy, like, I see what how he... How he got to where he is. Mm-hmm. Um, I would love it. I would love a version of this episode that just starts with Spike rescuing Buffy. And then the voiceover is like, now you're probably wondering. <laughs> How did we get here? <laughs> <laughs> Alas. Um, he informs Buffy he wants to strike a deal with her. Um, he doesn't want to destroy the world. He likes the world. He, he loves weird. all of the crazy English things about the world. Yeah. <laughs> um, so what does he say he he loves? Let me see if he... Uh, Manchester have... United is one of them. Uh, Piccadilly Square? Is that one of them? I don't know. Um... Oh, God. Like, one is Manchester United. One is probably like... He goes off on, like, this very English tangent. <laughs> yeah. Um, I just googled British things Spike likes. Uh, <laughs> didn't help. <laughs> uh, but no, and, like, uh, but he basically says, like, and most of all, you have people. And, uh, like, they're all walking around, like, happy meals with legs. <laughs> happy meals with <laughs> legs. It's so great. And it makes sense. Like, I like how he, this logic that he brings is like, yeah, we like to talk a big talk, I'm going to destroy the world, but at the end of the day, why would I destroy the world? Because that's where I live. Yeah. Like, um, I don't want to be drawn into hell. <laughs> um, but also, it, I think that's a great contrast. We see Spike, who is super evil, but you know, it's not even that they've crossed a line he doesn't want to cross. It's, it's, his motivations are purely selfish. Oh, yeah. But all he wants to do is get his. <laughs> I'm sorry. I was just about to say like what a word that Buffy uses, uh, but I'm like, you know what? That's not respectful. I shouldn't say it like that. Um, but uh, no, like all he wants to do is get his fuck buddy out mm-hmm. of there, get out of Dodge, and like stop Angel from yeah. destroying the world. Um, and. Angela and Drusilla are so far gone. They're just like, fuck it. Um, yeah. I mean, Drusilla's like been far gone since we met her. But... <laughs> <laughs> um, and, it, and he does cap this off. So he's like, oh, and I really want to get Drusilla away from Angel. And this is where Buffy has her line. She's like, you want my help because your girlfriend's a big hoe? <laughs> <laughs> Which, you know... <coughs> I'm honestly surprised they're able to get away with saying that because that comes across as a as a word that like wouldn't fly on network TV. Uh, and yet we've now had it said twice. twice in one season. Yeah, once by Willow. <laughs> <laughs> um, Buffy initially is not willing to work with him, but he tells her that they have Giles. Um, and, and like, he can't beat them without her. He can't take them both. Yeah. So, uh, they're gonna clench their teeth and they're gonna work together. Uh, real quick, let me kill this cop. (laughs) (laughs) I do love how, like, 
Spike somehow knew that that cop had cigarettes and like goes for them almost immediately. <laughs> I, I also just really like the cop in the background, kind of just like groaning and like uh, like clutching his head, like. Uh. Um, they Buffy and Spike go back to Buffy's house, and uh, immediately. Hang on, is there another scene before this? Um, according to the wiki plot synopsis, no. I feel like maybe we got, like, the Xander scene at the hospital. Um, when he's telling Willow that he loves her? That comes next. Okay. Um. Sorry, guys, my head's all, <laughs> all messed up. <laughs> it's head-shaped. Um. <laughs> so, uh, Joyce... Like speeds into that driveway. I for me for a second I was like, ooh, like mother like daughter <laughs> driving. Um, but, but she sees Buffy and she's like, oh hey, the last like the last person who talked to me about you was saying that you were um, a, on a the murderer. run for murder. <laughs> um, and Joyce's, I don't want to say pissed. She's. I, I, it's more like she's feeling every emotion. Like she's yeah glad to see Buffy safe. She's she's furious that she doesn't know where Buffy's been. She's very confused and scared. Like all of these yeah. Emotions. Who the hell's this Spike guy? Yeah. Um, they uh, they tell Joyce that Spike and Buffy are in a band together. Um, according to Spike, uh, Joyce or uh, Buffy, Buffy plays, plays the, the triangle. triangle. <laughs> I like how Buffy immediately is like, drugs. It's like, yeah, she's a real, like, she's a real burner on the skins or something (laughs) like that. Which, (laughs) he says the most British thing possible. So British. Um, Giles doesn't have a lot of lines in this episode, so Spike has to... uh, (laughs) He's got to bring that British quotient back. Um, But they are attacked by a vampire, and... Uh, Buffy saves this vampire right in front of her mother. And I, I, this to me is, in an episode full of like game-changing moments, this is one of the big ones. Is, yeah. You know, Buffy's secret is out. Um, and she tells her, Mom, I'm a vampire slayer. And Joyce is like, W.T. Fuck. And she made a... Like, uh, oh, fuck, I can't remember what... Like, the one with, like, the cowboy vampires or whatever, she made, like, the little um, snide remark, like, oh, that's save the world from vampires or whatever, and Joyce is like, if you're not gonna be serious, then, like, just don't say anything. Well, now we're serious, Joyce. Yeah, you're fucking serious. Um, So back at the hospital... um, Cordelia offers to go get coffee for Xander. It's so sweet. It's such a small moment, but she asks him if he wants coffee. He says, no, I can't leave her. And she she just says, it's okay. I'll get it. And and then they, they just kind of like squeeze hands. Yeah. I'm like, Cordelia. Cordelia. And you know, how often... You have to think, like, how often does she get coffee for anybody? How much? How often does she get anything for anybody That is else? the first time in her <laughs> life. <laughs> I hope she has better better luck than uh, in Friends when Rachel tried to make coffee for the first time. And, <laughs> well, and, 
And like uh, Joey and Chandler are drinking it. And then they like dump it into this plant. <laughs> and a really great sight gag later is the plant has died. <laughs> well, oh, I was about to ask John right behind me. He uh, is. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's a just very obviously, this is a podcast, but if this were a video podcast, there would have been a very funny visual of John sneaking in behind you. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, John. Um, he, um, I think we're okay though. Uh, Cordelia is certainly not going to make the coffee. <laughs> baby steps, baby steps. Um, probably have like go to one of those vending machines that like puts the cup in there and then fills the coffee. Yeah. Oh man, you don't see those a lot anymore. No. It's not the nineties anymore. <laughs> but believe it or not, they still had those at UPS when I worked there. Oh really? Yeah. Ew. <laughs> It just seems like nothing good would come out of a machine like that. And I mean, I don't like coffee, so... Oh, see, like... I, I Back then, I only wanted coffee as a functional thing. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm like, as long as you do your job and keep me awake, I don't care if you taste like garbage. <laughs> but now, I actually, like... I try to drink, like, a little nicer coffee um, and enjoy it, as well as tea. Yeah. Um... So, we get a really great scene for Xander. Um, it's, you know, we keep hinting towards it. He's, he's going to do something bad later. But this scene is really great. He is, he's talking to Willow. He tells her he loves her. He tells her, like, I can't, you can't leave me. Like, and... He makes his Xander jokes, but they're very half-hearted, you know? Um, I think Nicholas Brendan does a really great job of... Um, he, so much of his dialogue are these corny jokes that yeah. he makes all the time. And he does a really great job of, uh, I think, distinguishing all of those jokes and what they mean. And in this case, he, he the, the delivery of them is so weak. It's so, like... He, he's trying to make himself feel better, but... Can't like mm-hmm. like not like, um, and after he tells her he loves her, she starts well, to starts stir, to wake up. and then she says, "Oz, I would too, I would too." <laughs> and I, and I, every time I'm just like, "Oh, it's sweet," and Xander's a little like, "Oh," but, <laughs> but and then Oz is there. He's there wearing a jacket that says Larry on it. So, okay. <laughs> Which is totally an Oz thing to do. <laughs> thing. Um, but he comes in and she... I'm gonna give props to Xander. He's clearly a little disappointed, I think, but he he steps out of the way. He gives them the space that mm-hmm. they need. Um, I'm, 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 tr- I'm trying everywhere I can to find some good Xander stuff because he's about uh, to just go ahead and ruin it and give the maximum channeler <laughs> um she, he asks her how she feels he, she says her head feels big is it big and he says no it's head sized oh man come on Oz is just the charmer oh um so Bucky um back at her house Bucky's on the phone with Willow um they're basically there's not much to the scene they're catching up they're catching each other up this girl talk um Mm -hmm. 
And while we're getting this conversation between the two of them, we keep getting these cuts of Joyce and Spike. Just (laughs) sitting, awkwardly sitting in the living room together, (laughs) not knowing what to say. And, uh, And I love Joyce just like looking at him and saying, have we met before? <laughs> and Spike responds with, oh, uh, yeah, you hit me with an axe once. Like, get away from my daughter. She's like, oh, do you live in town? <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She's got a drink that she's just, like, kind of nursing. Um, also, this is something really interesting. And I don't know what it means. I don't know that it means anything. But Joyce and Spike are... Um, wearing the same color palette. They are both wearing a red shirt with a black jacket. Huh. And I, I that is that, but that has been Spike's go-to. Yes. for the entire season. It, it's very normal for Spike. I think it's so interesting that they dressed Joyce in that same way. And this is what I'm gonna I'm gonna posit is the symbolism here. Um, Spike is her enemy who is a temporary ally. Joyce is her ally, her mother, who in this scene, they became they become very antagonistic. Yeah. Um, now, maybe if I were doing that symbolically, I would have inversed it. I would have had Joyce wearing a black shirt with a red jacket. But, um, and I don't know if that's what the symbolism they're mm-hmm. going for, but it just, I just think it's very interesting. And... Costume designers, I mean, color is a big deal when you're, um, when you're designing costumes. Oh, yeah. And when you are, when you've got two characters in a scene and they're wearing something identical, to me, that should so something. mean something. And I think that's what it means. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Basically, uh, Buffy then comes in and sets up the deal and then reluctantly agrees to let Drusilla live. Mm-hmm. All the while, like, uh. Joyce is just like, wait a minute, who? Angel, your boyfriend? And, uh, but, uh, she, like, and, uh, so Spike says that he's, like, going, and right before he leaves, Buffy says, oh, if Giles dies, then Drusilla dies. And it's, it's a, it's an intense... I mean, it's, it's not an intense scene, but, like, just... I don't, I don't know how to describe The stakes are so high. Yeah. And it's like, because Buffy initially is so reluctant to agree to this, to letting Drusilla live. But now we're talking about like, hey, this is the end of the world. Yeah. And she has to make capitulations. Mm-hmm. And um, this is also where uh, Spike learns that Drusilla killed Kendra. Oh, yeah, it's like, like, oh, she bagged herself a Slayer. That's great. And then he looks at, Bobby gives him that death look, and he's like, although I suppose not from your perspective. (laughs) Um, Oh, so he's still Spike. (laughs) Um, And then we get get this this scene. scene. I feel like we're going to be here for a while. Yeah, I am. So there were two points in this episode, even though I've seen this episode a few times, there were two points in it. Where I uh, came, I was on the verge of crying. Uh, there's the obvious scene, which comes later, but then there's this mm-hmm. scene. And uh, I remember when we were talking, uh, we brought this up before, and uh, how 
I, I asked why why doesn't Buffy just trust Joyce enough to tell her that she's a vampire slayer and Harrison and I believe it was Grace in that episode it as was well. Great. It was passion. Yeah. It was passion. Yeah. They rightfully brought up that it is a it's an allegory for or it's a metaphor for uh coming out. Mm-hmm. And I kept that in mind while watching this scene and boy does it ring oh true. Gosh. It is like all the all the words. Like yeah, she that, says, um, have you tried not being a slayer? Um, she says, Is this because you didn't have a strong father figure? Um and you know no, it's my fault. It's my fault. And she listen, I love Joyce. I, I I Joyce is one of my favorite characters on the show, but let me tell you, she says all the wrong things here. Yeah. She this is not a good scene. I mean, it's a great scene. It Christine Sutherland and Sarah Michelle Geller fucking kill it and it's so well written. But Joyce fucks up. Joyce fucks up really bad. Yeah, God, there's that there's that part where Buffy says, like, Mom, just have another drink and she, she throws the throws glass. her glass and says, Don't you talk to me like that. Oh, it's so intense. Yeah, it's oh, And gosh. Buffy and it's uh, I get it from like from Joyce's perspective. I mean, think of the night she is having. Like, I totally understand why she's reacting the way she is. I think I think she's wrong, but I, it makes sense. It is it totally works within character. And this is an important thing to do because Buffy is like she eventually gets to the point where she's talking to Whistler and saying I don't have anything mm-hmm. left to lose because she as far as she knows and as far as Joyce knows, well, maybe not Joyce, but as far as she knows she loses her relationship with her mother. In yes. Her mom says to her, if you walk out that door, don't even think about coming back. Yeah, which and is... Oh, God. This works so well because, yeah, like, yes, you've got that coming out allegory. And we've talked so much about this, um, the Slayer's allegorical relation to, to, to queerness. Yes. Um, it, in the very first episode, we see... Um, Buffy has the trunk where she's uh, hiding her weapons under like a layer of like girly things Mm -hmm. and that is that's always really spoken to me I mean as a queer teenager I was you know that's what you did you hid you hid yourself you you had a layer you know obviously you know I wasn't hiding my weapons but um, had those out on full display. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> everyone knew about my axe. Um, but it's you know it's that's always been there, but it's never taken over the narrative. Um, and Buffy has this great line where she says, "Like, do you know how much I wish I was upstairs watching TV or gossiping about boys or God even studying?" But she can't. She, she has, has to, to save, save the, the world, world again. So it, it does so well of this, yes, we get this allegory, uh, this allegory for queerness, but also it is still the situation Buffy is in. Yeah. And both, neither of those things take over. And that is what's, um, that is why I think it's so well done. I think it's why uh, I think of another storyline that comes later in the series in season six that doesn't find that balance. Um, and it, it's just wonderful. And 
it's just wonderful. It's it's upsetting. It's hard to watch. Um, you know, I talked about before. Um, I I made I wrote a thing about all the things like not to say when someone comes out to you, and I mean, Joyce just goes down the list and says them all. Like, um, and some stuff I didn't even have on there. Like, yeah. Um. So I just. Well done to Joss Whedon on this scene, um, and well done to Sarah Michelle Gellar and uh, Christine Sutherland for performing yeah. it. It is, to me, it is one of, you know, if I if you made me like write a list of like the best just individual scenes of the show, this would be on it. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't know that it would necessarily be at the top, but it'd be fucking on there. Yeah. I'm... It's scenes like this that really make me nervous that uh, if, like, one day... I hope to have kids eventually. Uh, if one day they come out to me, I'm, like, hoping that... Well, one, I hope that it's, like, far enough down the line that it's not as big of a... It's not as, like... Maybe not big, because it's always going to be big coming out. But um, it's not a. it's not an uncomfortable... Thing or I, you a, know, <clears throat> a scary thing as it is now. I, you're right to a point, but I I hold out hope that eventually it's not a big thing to come out. Okay. I actually I I would love to live in I mean, a world I, I, yeah where the act of coming out doesn't exist, exist anymore. anymore. You just you know I I you you we would live in a world that's just. It's not even a thing, pe- thing people think about. You know, the, the idea is that straight is the default. Yeah. And I think I would love for that to go away. Um, and not say that gay is the default. That there just isn't a default. Mm-hmm. You know, it just we just are. We just exist and we just get to be. But yeah. But I, could to, I just yeah. moved myself a yeah. lot. <laughs> no, no, no. That's really good. I, I hope it is too. But if, if we're not there by the time that I kids, just to finish the thought, I like... I sometimes worry that I won't say the right thing. Um, I hope that having so many friends in the queer community has like... You can't say that word. I'm kidding. (laughs) (laughs) No, I I really do hope that I I say the right things. Mm -hmm. And uh, if I don't, I know that I have like plenty of friends who are like... Hey, I don't know if I'm the right person to say this to you. All I can tell you is that I love you. And if you have questions, ask my friend Harrison. Ask my friend Ben. Ask, ask them for help with this because I, I can't <laughs> answer every single one of your questions. I have every faith that you will do the right thing. Thank you. And Aww. now, like, if, if, like, <laughs> if, if that person, do, if that future child does ask what a power bottom is, thanks to you guys, <laughs> I know. You'll be like, funny you should ask. <laughs> we listened to season two, episode 19 of my podcast I did 15 years ago. Dad, why do you know what a power bottom is? <laughs> Dad, you had a podcast? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it's gross. Why didn't you you just inject things into your eyes? Like, inject all your entertainment into your eyes. Well, son slash daughter slash whatever gender you feel you are, 
We didn't have that back then. <laughs> we had to listen to things with our ears, not shove it in our eyes. What a bleak vision of the future. All right. What were we talking about? <laughs> so, um, at the hospital, uh, Willow decides she wants to try the curse again. And Xander protests, but Willow has on her resolve face. Oh, yeah. He's seen it before. He knows what it means. Mm -hmm. And I just love when he tries to kind of argue with her. She just goes, resolve face. (laughs) 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 And I don't know why, because it's a totally different, it's just like a uh, description of a face. But it made me think of that uh, episode of 30 Rock where... um, I think it's Jenna and Jack are talking about Liz and like Liz is right there and Jenna's <laughs> like she always makes when she gets so judgmental she makes that badger face and then Liz <laughs> makes like the face and, she, and Jenna goes that one that one right there it's so funny I was just talking about it there it is <laughs> as I think about that just like she's gonna make a resolve face that one it's right there it's so funny oh god that makes me think of that episode to go back to friends that makes me think of that episode where um, they're making fun of the way Chandler talks. They're like, oh yeah, they do. He's like, what do you mean they do me? Like, oh, you know, could this report be any later? And then like, everybody piles on. Is like, all right, you guys don't know what you're talking about. That is so not true. <laughs> that is so not, that, that is so, shut up! <laughs> um, oh, I'm sure that like, we both have incredible facial and, and vocal tics that I know our friends would be happy to jump on. I mean, I know I do. <laughs> I remember my um, my uh, my acting academy that I was going to open? Uh, Harrison Kaufman's Academy of Bitchy Looks and Disapproving Scowls. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you got to practice that so much when we were in shows together because there was so many times when everybody was just singing to you. Oh my god. <laughs> and I just, I'm always cast as these assholes uh, <laughs> I uh, I posted a picture of it on, on my personal Facebook and my uh, and uh, Instagram um, but I will uh, I'll post I'll post a picture of it on the um, the the show's socials but my a friend of mine at work so we have a policy at my work of no refunds no exchanges and he, on Valentine's Day, he made a Valentine and sent it to the whole staff. The first picture was me in a show where I was I was in Then There Were None, and I played Justice Wargrave, and I just had, like, just an evil glare look. And it was like, do you know what else is non-refundable and non-exchangeable? And the second half was a picture of me, like, smiling, and it was like, my heart. <laughs> <laughs> and I went to him, and I was like, do you know, like, what that picture you pulled was from? And he was like, oh, no, it was just like, you looked really angry in it. So that's why I picked it. I was like, yeah, I was playing a murderer. <laughs> Again. <laughs> Again. <laughs> God, at least that time I wasn't playing a rapist. That happens a lot to me. <laughs> shouldn't be funny. No. So she's in, I love in the scene, Oz is just like, He's there while they're discussing it, and he's like, "So I missed a lot because this is making the sort of sense that is none." Yeah, <laughs> remember when I said last episode yeah. how like, man, it would be really nice if Oz was here for all of this, <laughs> and I think Oz is thinking the exact same yeah. thing now. <laughs> he's like, "I feel like I missed a scene in the library." <laughs> so she sends Oz and Cordelia to get her supplies, and she's like, "Cordelia will fill you in," and I really wish we. 
If I if I had to talk points off this episode, it's that we don't get the scene of Oz driving Cordelia back to the school and Cordelia like summarizing the events of the last day or two. I feel like it's kind of like a. It would be kind of like Michael Pena summarizing things in Ant Man. <laughs> I uh, if if this show like were around today, we'd have like webisodes of like, <laughs> of, like or like little web shorts of like of that happening. Um, she sends Xander to tell Buffy about uh, their plan so that hopefully Buffy can stall until they are um, they complete the curse. So, that will go great, I'm sure. Yeah. So um, all of this is happening. We're, we've been like, I think we've been glossing over some of the stuff that's been happening at the mansion. Yeah. Um, uh, like, ain't, like, Giles is going through a hell of a lot. Mm-hmm. And he gets super pissed. Like, all right, that's it. Give me the chainsaw. He is obsessed with the chainsaws in this episode. Well, they didn't have them. Yeah, back no, in his he does day. make that comment. Like, oh, I'm so excited to torture you. The last, <laughs> last time I, did, it's been a while. Last time I did, they didn't even have chainsaws. It's like, it's. This is like the fucking dark joke that only Joss Whedon could make. It's so funny, but it's really. <laughs> I love that this. You know, this episode is light on jokes, but the jokes that do happen are good. Yeah. Like, um, but yeah, like Spike is um, Spike is pretending to be in his wheelchair, mm-hmm. and he's actually trying to say things like, "Well, you can't cut him up because then you won't figure it out." And uh, and he's like, "Oh, when did you like get so level headed?" Listen, Angelus is getting a little horny for Spike. I feel like just you know that. You know that threesome, probably foursome, happened mm. all the damn time. Mm. Listen, they're open-minded guys. They've, they've been they've been around a long time. They you know they they like to try new things. Yeah. Um, he guys uh, that you know that like <laughs> reams of that fan fiction exists. You know what we should do. Write a Buffy fan fiction? I mean, yes. <laughs> Actually, we should do like a special episode where we just like do like dramatic readings of fan fiction that we find. Oh, you need to be careful with that because those things can get absolutely graphic. I know. Like, um, I'm aware. So, <laughs> I watched this. On the Game Grumps, uh, when they play Sonic games, Danny has gone into the habit of reading this poorly translated Sonic fan fiction. And it is... Let's just say the the sentence Sonic shot ropes of cum exists. (laughs) (laughs) Well, and there's always my, like, centennial favorite of the Harry Potter fan fiction in which the giant squid who lives in the lake fucks Hogwarts <laughs> the castle. Hot! <laughs> oh, um, we also get just a really great moment in this torture scene where Giles is like, fine, I'll tell you everything you want to know. To be worthy, you have to perform the ritual in a tutu. <laughs> and then he calls him a pillock which is uh, um, British slang that means a stupid person. (laughs) 
You know, I would not be surprised if Angelus didn't know what that meant, but Spike was probably sitting in his wheelchair going like, Oh, damn! <laughs> <laughs> oh, damn! <laughs> um, so, they decide to... Spike has another option, yeah. and it's Drusilla. Drusilla goes up and does her whole little hypnosis thing, and when she's like, see me as you want to see me. She's like able to like kind of grab what he wants out of his mm-hmm. head, and when she lifts her hand from his eyes, it's Jenny. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, all right, this is getting weird. Like we're we're saving the fan fiction for later. Um, it's, but it's it's that's sad. heartbreaking. Yeah, like it's. It's the things that the characters go through in this episode. I feel like everything else that's happened to them before, like, pales in comparison almost. Mm -hmm. Like, because, yeah, Giles losing Jenny was rough, but them using the memory of Jenny to torture him is... It's horrible. It's it's horrible. And and it, it is... It just says so much about Giles' character. He withstood all of this torture, did not give up the information, and and he, he still doesn't give up the information, but they, they present him with a face of someone he loved, who he lost tragically, and it, it's it's almost like it's too much for him. And, um, and he still doesn't even give it up. He... He says too much. He, he keeps saying, we have to get Angel away from Akathla. And that's enough for them to piece together. Like, okay. It's Angel's blood specifically, which feels like maybe that should have been the first thing they tried, but okay, whatever. Um, Angel doesn't want to cut his own hand. <laughs> smooth hands. <laughs> um, Everything about Angelus is smooth, especially his wardrobe. Uh, he is like, he's hot. In, like, mean, not only does hot. he have the leather pants, but he's rocking like a blue satin shirt or Ooh, something like that. Like, girl. like seriously, if you jumped on him, you'd slide right off. Oh, and I would love to jump <laughs> on him. <laughs> anyway. anyway. <laughs> um, but yeah, like, they get that information, and... Like, we have this, like, really heartbreaking scene, but it is then followed by, I think, one of the best jokes in the whole fucking episode. When, like, Spike and Angelus are having this conversation, like, oh, you know, I like, I like having you, like, uh, backing me up. Like, it's just, like, old times. And, like, and you keep thinking, like, and I remember the first time I saw this episode, like, is Drusilla still making out with Giles? She totally is! (laughs) And they look, and they're like, Drew? Baby, we're done here. Sorry, got lost in the moment. Which can you blame her? Oh no. Um, Julia Lena's like probably read that in the script. She's like, yeah. yeah. And she's like, she does that thing that Drusilla does all the time, where she's kind of sheepish, but also kind of like, like she's like, oh, sorry, but she knew exactly what the fuck she. I was believe doing. the word is coquettish. <laughs> yes. Um, an important thing that happens here is Angelus does order them to kill Giles, um, but Spike stops him and says, you know, what, what if he's, he's lying? Because um, he knows, like, 
Buffy said, if Giles dies, then Drusilla yeah. dies. Spike plays... He, he saves Giles' life like two or three times over the course of these scenes. And he always plays it so well. Because he plays it to Angelus's ego. Yeah. Um, and it's never... He, he's smart enough to, be, to not tip his hand and say, like... Oh well, what a, you know? He's he he. Every time he he says we shouldn't kill him, it's because killing him could make things worse for us, worse for you, Angelus. Yeah. Um. Because right now, Angelus is all about him. Right yeah, now, like and, he's and, like, I am the one worthy to bring about the end of the world. Yeah. And he, and he eats it up. He fucking like you know, he, he yeah. Um. Buffy returns to the library to get Kendra's sword, um, the one that was blessed by the knight. Um, and Snyder is there Ugh. and expels her. Um, and and he does it with so much glee. Glee, and he even like they even have this conversation where she's like, "You know, I didn't do it," and he doesn't care. He he just doesn't give a shit. He says. Um, she, she says, you know, the police are going to figure it out. And he says, you may not have noticed, but the cops in this town are, quote, deeply stupid. <laughs> and I want to go more into why Snyder hates Buffy. But I can't do yeah. that without spoiling basically all of season three. Yeah. Um, so we'll just leave it at this. Uh, after she leaves, Snyder pulls out his cell phone, uh, calls the mayor... And to tell him that he has good news. Mm-hmm. Um, so, um, it's important to note that Buffy is back to wearing the necklace that Angel gave her. I, I, I noticed that. Yeah. Uh, she's been wearing a different cross necklace, but she, she returns to that, that specific one in this episode. Um... She goes back to Whistler. Um, because Whistler said, oh, it's not enough to have the sword. You need to know how to use it. Yeah. So she's like, all right, you need to tell me what I need to do. Yeah. And this is where he, he informs her that... Um, Angel's blood will open the yeah. gate to hell, but it will also close it. And when it's closed, Akathala and Angel will both be sucked into hell. Mm-hmm. Um... She tells her it's fine. She can kill him. She's already lost everything. And Worcester says, tells her she has one more thing to lose. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. So. Uh, shall we dive into Xander? We're in the... We're almost there. We're in the end game now. Xander okay. meets up with Buffy on her way to the mansion. Oh, like for for those of you who've been following our episodes, I said there are two moments I can't like that I most can't forgive Xander for. Mm-hmm. The first one was like when he said, "Oh, you want to forget about Jenny's death uh, so you can get your boyfriend back." That one was bad. This one is worse. So he tells her that he has a message from Willow, and that message is, "Kick his ass." So he knowingly, knowingly, he is very much aware that, like, Willow is trying to save Angel. 
and Xander facilitates mm-hmm. what happens next. Like this is even with like all of the motivation of Angel uh, of Angelus, Buffy could have done something. Yeah, if she had known this, I think a charitable interpretation of Xander's uh, motivation here is oh, that he like, doesn't want Buffy to put herself in a compromised position by I think by stalling. I actually think the charitable position is that Xander is doing this because seeing Willow hurt like that oh, broke I, him. I've never really thought about that. And while that could be part of it, we all know yeah. That he's being petty as shit. I, I have I I find this moment troubling because there's not I, I and you know as I've been a part of this fandom for a long time. Uh, obviously, Jason and I have a very specific specific <laughs> specific per uh, perception of this and. Um, and, and ideas of where we think Xander's coming from. But there are, I mean, the reasons for Xander saying this to Buffy for like fan theories abound. And so many of them are, are plausible. Um, mm-hmm. I, I wish we had more of a, more had been delved into why Xander said this, why he did this. Um, l- either before he says it or later in the series. Cause there's not, there's not a lot of follow up to kick his ass mm-hmm. um there is some follow-up some comes much later very late but it's not yeah i yeah and and i at the same time i get that though it's also like that's fucking life and you know sometimes we say th- people say things and shit like this happens and there is no follow-up because yeah you you, you move on to other things and but it's yeah, obviously but I am, things maybe would have worked out differently. Yeah, if, I want to reiterate what I said in last week's episode that it it doesn't matter. I know, like I'm sitting in a privileged position where, like, oh, I haven't had um, my uh, I haven't had some of my best friends attacked by uh, an evil person who now like everybody wants to try to save. But at the same time, and I also admit, Angel is like one of my favorite characters of all time. All of that being said, there has been so much death in the show. Yeah. And when there's a chance at life, you need to take it. Mm -hmm. You have to have mercy. Like, because if you don't, then the violence just continues. Yeah. It's all vengeance and payback and everything. You have to have mercy. And Xander forgets this. Xander is being so fucking petty because, and I'm still sticking with with all of the other reasons, he still is angry that Buffy chose Angel over him. Yeah. Like, I agree. Yeah, that is so damn apparent. And even though Xander becomes a better character in the show, I don't. I don't care. I never forgive him for this. And this is like the main reason that <laughs> that I keep bringing up the chat alert cuz he Xander is such a fucking chad. I mean, he's so goddamn petty. I also think, you know, 
Um, this is information, regardless of how Xander feels about it, um, this is information that Buffy has a right to. Yeah. She is going she is going into a fight, um, it, one of the biggest fights of her life, without all the facts. Um, and, you know, maybe if she had known... You know, it's possible that if she had known this information, maybe... It, Maybe she, she wouldn't could, have fought all out. Maybe and maybe she would have gotten killed. I mean, that's a possibility. Yeah, but but she deserves to have had all the information yes. going into this fight. And like she, when they in the last episode when they first bring up Willow trying to do this while Buffy goes after Angel Angelus, she uh, like she says she says in a very reasonable, rational way, like. We need as many things working in our favor as we can. Angel having having his soul brought back to him would be immensely helpful. Yeah, it's um, not something that we can count on, but it's like yeah, yeah, it's it's one more thing to tip the tide into our favor. Yeah. Um, Buffy asks him to. She's gonna take care of Angelus. She needs him to get Giles. Yeah. Um, they go inside, and this battle starts. Spike, uh, this is no, we are we. This is the end game. This, now. Is, this is this is what everything I'd say like um, conservatively since innocence, surprise, and innocence has been mm-hmm. building up to. This is also everything that's happened, like everything since Angel first showed up in the pilot episode of Buffy yeah. has been building up to. Yeah. Um, Spike stands up from his wheelchair, um, starts beating the shit out of Angel, which <laughs> probably can't blame him. <laughs> um, uh, I <laughs> sorry, I just if you think there's a scene. Uh, so I was talking to Jason earlier. I went and saw Birds of Prey earlier today, and there's a great recurring bit throughout the movie that. They like to remind us that Harley Quinn does have a PhD and is a therapist. Yeah. And so she spends a lot, like, not a lot of the movie, but there are several scenes where she just is talking about, like, the psychological states of other characters. And um, there's one where she's talking to a character who's really, like, really into, like, getting vengeance. And she's like, well, you know, actually, vengeance is often, like, getting vengeance is not often as cathartic as we think it might be. I think that was in the trailer. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Um, And I just always think, well, I don't always think about that, obviously, because I just saw that movie today. (laughs) But I did think about it when he's hitting, I was like, Angel, I was like, that looks pretty cathartic to me. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But I will say, like, Drusilla freaks out and then like immediately uh, starts fighting Spike. And she she does this weird like she goes she's like ah! and like throws herself at him and like um and she um uh it's very different from the fighting style we saw with Kendra which was kind of awkward and clunky but still very deliberate. Mm-hmm. Um in this one she's she's upset, she's angry. She's kind of like th- thrashing about yeah and before we get into this scene which wrecks us all mm-hmm. um uh xander does find giles uh, who's like um he sees giles there and he's like oh i'm here to rescue he's like no you're not real 
you're just like you're just them making me see what I want to see. And Xander says, then why would they make you see me? Giles immediately snaps out of it. He's like, good point. Do you think that they recognized that um, his his um, kick your ass, kick his ass moment would be would make people angry and put that joke in there as like a because the joke is kind of a fuck you to Xander like it is definitely Xander's experience I mean it's not like it's something that Giles would have like Giles has more than once said like in much nicer words like Xander shut the fuck up (laughs) (laughs) but yeah yeah, no like uh, like his feelings on Xander are very well known to everybody, yeah. including Xander. <laughs> but then we go into the sword fight. Yeah. So like, Spike, yeah. N- during all this, Spike knocks out Drusilla. Or he chokes her out, really. Yeah. And Buffy is fighting like the vampire henchman. And, but as she's doing that, Angelus runs up and is able to take the sword out of Akathala. Mm-hmm. And now we get. A fucking sword fight, and it is. I love it. It's so good. I love it. I and I, you know, I didn't know this was coming the first time I watched it. Like, because you kind of like, oh, they're obviously going to have like, they've got to have a big fight. No one ever would have thought it would have been with swords. Yeah, and, and that just makes it all like the better. And we've not seen a fight like this on the show. Yeah, it's been a lot of martial arts. Um, we've never had a full-on sword fight. Yeah, and this um, is like, this is like such an extended fight yeah, too. It's really good, and it's it's worth noting because uh, we haven't actually said it. Angel's sword is comes from a Cathla, mm-hmm. um, thus activating him. So not only is this this like this really intense sword fight going on, but we know that, like, ev- yeah, eventually Akathla is yeah. going to start sucking things into hell. And, uh, yeah, like, Spike, um, like, at this point, uh, Angelus seems to have the advantage. Mm-hmm. He, like, knocks Buffy's sword out of her hand, like, kicks her into, like, a stone fountain or whatever. Mm-hmm. And, uh... Oh, she's up against, like, a wall. It's like an yeah, and her. Spike is, uh... Spike has, like, successfully choked out Drusilla and made her, like, knocked her out. He also punches her in the face at one point. Oh, yeah. He goes, I don't want to hurt you. And then she hits him and she goes, and then he just decks her. He's like, she goes down and he's like, doesn't mean I won't. <laughs> and he, like, picks her up and he's like, he sees Angelus, like, standing over Buffy. He's like, oh my god, he's gonna kill her. And he's like, whatever. Yeah, and he then shrugs. Get, and walks shrugs, away. walks away, gets into, like, their tinted out car <laughs> Just like drives through, yeah. The drives through like the boarded up garage, and then there. So Angel is standing over Buffy, um, and this is maybe my favorite moment of the episode. I, all the moments of this episode are my favorite. This is my <laughs> second favorite moment of the episode. Um, but he, yeah, he tells her he's like he basically is like take away the weapons, no, no, no weapons, weapons, no, no friends. friends. What's left? No hope. No hope. What's left? He thrusts the sword at her fucking face and she grabs it and opens her eyes, looks him dead in the fucking face and goes, me. And then 
like thrusts the sword back and like hits him in the yeah, face. Yeah, the, the, the hilt. hilt just like smacks him right in the face. And every time, I'm just like, fuck yeah. Yes, that is like fucking power moment for Buffy. I mean, it's... And I think it, it's that point where but Angelus has been using all that he knows about Buffy, like her caring for her friends, mm-hmm. um, all of her weaknesses and insecurities. He's been using that against her. Yeah. And this is like a very symbolic moment of like, even if you use all this against me, I'm still strong yeah. and I can still beat you. Yeah. And it's, and they continue the fight. They, um, um, but Buffy kind of has the advantage now. Yeah, she is winning. And it's just yes. it's so great. Um, while this is happening, um, Buffy... Uh, fucking hell. Willow, Cordelia, and Oz are performing the ritual. There's a great bit where Oz is like, I don't speak Latin. <laughs> and Willow goes, you don't have to understand it. You just have to say it. I, I hope. hope. <laughs> we got hope. And... Um, then something very intense happens. Willow get- immediately just like goes into a trance, yeah, and starts like rattling off. She's speaking Latin though, right? I believe so. Yeah, um, and uh, and it it makes the ritual happen. I am curious about your why do you i have a theory about why this trance happens but i i'm curious what your theory on this trance i is. i always assumed that it was like they always talked about how it's like the dark magic mm-hmm. or not even dark magic but it's like powerful magic coursing through her and i always felt that like this is the first time that that power has coursed through willow mm-hmm. and she wasn't She's been ready. Tinkering. Yeah, she wasn't ready for it though. Okay, and so I think later on, because I don't think it's much of a spoiler now that she's going to like do magic again. Yeah, she, but she like gets more competent at it that she's able to like control that amount of power. But I think at this point, it's controlling her. That's that's a very interesting thought, and I've never read it that way. Um, I'm not dismissing your perspective. I just, I've always had a different, I've always. <laughs> your opinion sucks. <laughs> yeah. I've always interpreted that scene as um, that that was uh, Jenny Callender's spirit. Like, okay. Possessing her to help her through the ritual. Um, yeah, that's cool. That's a, that's a cool theory. I like that. It kind of goes with, um, I like Ben's theory yeah. of, uh, Back in I Only Have Eyes for You that uh, Jenny was the one the... who knocked the book over. Yeah. Um, and we never get any sort of explanation yeah, there's one like, way or the other. There's, so. no, um, there's no actual evidence to... Uh, like, I think I think my way might have been the, like just a logical mm-hmm. sort of way of, of interpreting it. But I actually like your way. Um, your interpretation. The only problem is like we don't have anything to corroborate yeah. that. There's... Yeah. Um, it's all headcanon. Yeah. Um, but it works. Yes. And like, uh, Angelus falls to his knees and the light goes in his eyes and he stands up and he's like Buffy and he's Angel again. And, and like, uh, oh my gosh. And, and you know what? 
this like they hug, they kiss, and the scene ends, and everybody's happy. And that's it. That's it. That's, that's it. it. That's it. They're like, thank you for joining us for Booze and Buffy. It's been a hell of a ride. Bye. Uh, please don't. Please don't stop. I know there's more. Um, and Angel, I, I've finally gotten used to saying Angelus, yeah. but now the Angel is like, I feel like I haven't seen you for months. What's where are we? What's happening? And uh, I, I honestly like. I honestly uh, didn't think about it until this time. Like, oh, in the last episode when they showed him first getting his soul back, uh, he didn't know what was going on mm-hmm. at first. Like, he eventually would. But uh, so now that kind of tracks. Yeah. And uh, there's yeah. a moment of disorientation. Yes. But Buffy, Buffy is so happy. She kisses him, she hugs him. And then she looks up and sees that a Cathala's mouth is opening and the vortex is appearing. Sarah Michelle Gellar does this thing. I can't describe it, but if you've seen the episode, you know what I'm talking about. This thing with her eyes. They're wide, but not just wide. They're... It's just that thing that she does with her eyes. And, And it's that point where Buffy realizes what she has to do. It's... And I love that she, like, it's not just one little kiss. It's mm-hmm. like, she, like, full on is kissing him, and she's saying, like, it's okay, I love you, and then she says those three words. Close that, your eyes. Yeah, and, <sighs> and, and then she takes the sword and stabs Angel. And this causes him to be consumed by the vortex and and is taken into hell. And his last words are Buffy. Because he doesn't know what's going on. He doesn't know why Buffy just did that. And Angel's gone. And And this moment afterwards, she just stands there in shock. And then starts crying and she walks away and then the fucking Sarah McLaughlin Sarah starts McLaughlin. playing yeah and it's uh oh my gosh I'm like getting a little <laughs> it's, it's what funny. is this the Tigger movie oh that's a long <laughs> story we don't need to go into this episode um I love this song playing it like it no it's perfect it's perfect um you know and it plays over we have this montage of Buffy the only ending. the only if I had to pick another song for this scene okay. I would pick uh, My Immortal by Evanescence okay I, I that that song always gets me and I feel like oh My Immortal like vampires are technically immortal unless like something happens to them and and that was Buffy's Immortal I'm looking to when that song was released yeah, it might have been later. It was later. Yeah, okay. Um, but, but just so you know, if I had time traveling powers, <laughs> but now, um, and then the rest we see is the fallout. Yeah. Um, Joyce, Joyce hears something. Uh, this and, is rough. And she runs upstairs. She's like Buffy opens the door, which is also the only word that she says. Mm-hmm. Like she, that's her last word of the season. So, again, she's lost Angel and she's lost yeah. her mom. 
and like she walks in to Buffy's room and sees like the closet's empty. Like closet's empty. There's some clothes on the bed and there's a letter. Um, and we don't I, see what the letter. We don't says. see what it is, and I actually am glad that we yeah. don't. But Joyce sits and starts crying, and fuck, like yeah. And then uh, I, the next scene is uh, them at school. Willow's in like a wheelchair, mm-hmm. um, and uh, yeah, everybody's kind of talking about like. Well, I think uh, Oz has like probably the best one. He's like, well, clearly the world did in because... Check it out. Yeah, check it out. Uh, <laughs> but they don't know... They don't know what happened. They don't know what happened. They don't know if she killed Angel. They don't know if the spell was successful. And they... Willow definitely seems to think that it was. Yeah. Um, which it was. And... Um, Obviously, if it, they, they presented as two options. They presented as either Buffy killed Angel and had to be or, alone, and had to be alone, or Willow successfully restored his soul, and they're off being alone together. Um, and no one, realistically, this makes sense. No one considers the truth, which is yeah. And I think it's it's a while before. Mm-hmm. Anybody does find out. Yeah. I think is Giles the first one to find out. I can't remember honestly. Um, but it. But yeah, we'll we'll get to that eventually. Um, and basically, they just they don't know where she is, but they're they're hoping she'll come back. Yeah, because they still have school, which means they don't know that she's been expelled. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but Buffy's actually seen just watching them from afar, mm-hmm. and then she starts a. Walking away, she's got a bag, and she gets on a bus. And the bus is leaving Sunnydale. Yeah. And we end on a sign that says, Now leaving Sunnydale, come back soon. (sighs) 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 I... Yeah. I, uh... I, I think this is, like... These two episodes were the moments... When I realized, and it's probably why they're my favorite episodes mm-hmm. of like when I realized that this show is something special. Because before I started watching it randomly on Hulu one day, I only knew like, oh, Buffy's like this pop culture phenomenon, whatever. Like everybody talks about like, oh, Sarah Michelle Geller beating up, beating up uh, demons and stuff like that. I never really kind of knew the emotional depth of the show. Yeah. And I still feel like I didn't really know it until this arc. Because um, the Master's cool. Um, but The like, Master is a great Introductory villain. Yeah. yeah, but like this scene, like this season is what really gets you. Mm-hmm. And these last two episodes are... Like they're, the, they're, they're what the show is about. They're, they're about choosing what's right over what you love mm-hmm. and it really sucks when that happens yeah. like it's it's a sacrifice that nobody should ever have to make but we often find ourselves making yeah um yeah it's just great um i can't i i don't have a really much trivia um except that except for my my uh um, my 
uh, what I, we talked about Max Perlick earlier. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, not not much else. Uh, music wise, of course, we talked about. Oh, we didn't actually say Sarah, it's Sarah McLaughlin, but the song is full of grace. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just, just it's a gorgeous, gorgeous song. Um, we also get the return of the Jenny Giles, uh, a version of the Jenny Giles love love theme during the Jenny Vision. Mm-hmm. Um, although it's in a much, uh, much more minor key. And close your eyes. We get full close your eyes in this episode. Yeah. And um, which about- is interesting because like the beginning of his life as a vampire started with the words close your eyes and now the ending of his life as a vampire yeah. has those same words um on a slightly lighter note um the monster at the end of the episode instead of saying grr arg says oh i need a hug yeah like definitely <laughs> watch this one after the credits if you haven't already um yeah there are a couple times when the monster um for mutant enemy productions uh, says something different besides Gur Arg, and we'll try to let you know when those episodes yeah. are. This is this is the first time that it's that it's different, um, and there are one, two, three, four, five, um, five more. He doesn't necessarily always say some, say something different. Sometimes his animation is slightly different. Okay, but um, uh, yeah, but yeah, we'll let you know when those happen. Um, so, um, do you, do you want to do a drinking game this week or? You know, know what? I think you're just going to want to drink. <laughs> just drink. Yeah. Just, the um, drink, this week's drinking game is just drink while you're watching this episode. In moderation though. Don't, <laughs> don't hurt yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I also like, think like this is the, like one, the ending of a big, like a big running storyline on Buffy. Mm-hmm. But I also want to say something nice. Like, uh. This has been a lot of fun doing. Like I'm, I'm so happy that uh, I got to come on the show and I did because it's like right when it got to this arc. Yeah, uh, come on to like this podcast when I did. And it's been like a whole lot of fun, and I look forward to like all the other stuff that we do. I concur. Um, you know, I, I we've talked about Jason and I have been friends for ten years. Um, going on no, yeah, ten years like this summer. Um, and one of the first things we bonded over was Buffy the Vampire Slayer because that's when I was watching it. The absolute first thing that we bonded over was Parks, was and, Parks and Rec. Um, but uh, yeah, and so it's been just a delight having you here. And yeah, Thank I've been you. having such a good time. And and it's what's exciting is. We still have so much great stuff. Oh my gosh, yeah. Like, Like, guys, this is only season two. There are five more seasons of Buffy. It's just like, this is always going to be probably the most special part of the series to me. I'm still looking forward to like all the other stuff. It's not like everything that happens after this is garbage. (laughs) (laughs) No, like there's there's some amazing stuff happening. And another thing I want to say about these episodes is uh, I think the episodes that most people like talk about are um, the body hush and once more with feeling because those episodes are different in a way that we'll get into when we get yeah. to those episodes. I feel like with uh, becoming, it's not necessarily it doesn't like 
change the style of the episodes at all with like maybe the part one having the flashbacks mm-hmm. uh but what it does do is um i think it's just pure buffy yes i like, think it is it is it is exactly what the show is at, at its at its finest yeah at its um it is it, it doesn't do anything experimental like those other episodes do which is like when you do something experimental and it works those are like the episodes that people talk about that's why people yeah. talk about those three episodes but this is like like you said it's the show at its finest yeah it's not flashy in like in its style it's not doing it's not it's not necessarily stepping outside of its own box it's not it trying is... to say look at this this is important you go into this episode yeah. knowing it's important yeah like it this is this is i think what um, Paul Feige and the Russo brothers were trying to get across in Avengers Endgame. It's mm-hmm. like, this is like what we built up to, and this is like what you deserve. Like, this is what everybody deserves um, for sticking with it this whole time. I'm giving Becoming Part 2 5 out of 5 Gur Args. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm giving it 5 out of 5 awesome sword fights. And Again, this, like, I always say Becoming Parts 1 and Part 2 are my favorite episodes of Buffy. Um, I'd give it, I'd say, like, if I had to pick between those two, which isn't fair, <laughs> because it's all one episode, I, really. Yeah, I consider it but, one episode. But yeah, if I absolutely Except had to pick Except for when a, we have to do a podcast A single it. episode <laughs> of Buffy, it would be Becoming Part 2. It's this one. This is so my favorite. I think this is the best that Buffy is. However... You're free to disagree with me. <laughs> keep watching the show and keep listening to us. All right. Any anything else? We've not gone as long as I thought we would, but I, 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 I th- <laughs> no, I think we I think we did some good stuff. All right. If I do say so myself. All right, guys. That's a wrap on season two. So thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy season two. We're going to take a short break while we prepare for season three. We'll return on April 9th. Oh, you already got it scheduled out. Oh, I do. <laughs> we'll return on April 9th with Anne, which is the the first episode of season three, not just some random girl <laughs> named Anne that we know. <laughs> we should find uh, a random girl named Anne. I actually work with somebody named Anne who loves Buffy. Do you want me to invite her to be on our show? <laughs> I, I, on, only if she can be on Anne. Okay, that's my stipulation. Also, if she would like to be on other episodes, that's fine too. (laughs) In the meantime, be on the lookout for a few bonus episodes from us, which we're not going to reveal right now, but you can bet we'll be advertising when we make them. I don't know why Harrison started doing the Vogue music video in front of me. Strike a pose. I just like it. Uh, I'm Harrison and I'm voguing. (laughs) <laughs> you can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman and on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's spelled C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at Yami J. And I think it's just Yami J. And uh, I honestly don't remember. And, like, and I think Twitter, on Twitter, it's Yami J357. Um, and uh, yeah. Uh, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at Booze and Buffy, or you can email us at boozeandbuffy at gmail.com. That is and spelled out. 
You can also find us on YouTube where we will release a short video with each episode where we will discuss spoilers that we can't talk about on the podcast. Also, don't forget to subscribe and rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. It is very important that you subscribe so because, like I said, we're going to have like bonus episodes coming out, but we like... Um, but like you want to know when our next episode comes yeah. out because our next regular episode isn't until April 9th apparently. <laughs> uh, each week we like to give a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. This week we're highlighting the Southern Poverty Law Center. The Southern Poverty Law Center is dedicated to fighting hate and bigotry and to seeking justice for the most vulnerable members of our society. Using litigation, education, and other forms of advocacy, the SPLC works toward the day when the ideas of equal justice and equal opportunity will be a reality. Visit www.splcenter.org for more information. And until we get to season three, go slay and be gay. Bye. Stop recording. God damn it. God damn it. God damn it. Oh, I need a hug.